Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm John Alois, joined by Sean Degenhart. Hello there, John. <laughs> and John Rudling Shaver. I I think that was a sneer. I don't even. I'm going to say something here in a minute, but I'm I'm uncomfortable. Hi, everybody. John, we love you anyway. Whatever platform you're following us on, (laughs) please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. (laughs) Please leave us a review so more people find the show. You can share it on social media and tag us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Email us at podcast at the Hyperion Hub. Dot com. We like to start things off with our Disney views, but first, a little housekeeping here. Sean and I were on Coffee with Kenobi, episode 585, uh, the episode about Andor and the uh, finale. It, was, uh, it came out last week, and we had a blast with Dan Zare, the host of Coffee with Kenobi, the best Star Wars show anywhere, and uh, please check it out. Sean and I had a great time. We did. A lot we, of fun. We loved the show, too. Yeah, we do. Yes. The final episode aired last week on Disney+, Plus, and we'll get you involved in at some point with it, John. You're yes. going to love Just drink Andor. that water he set up. Uh, in front here's of the problem. Uh, this is going to turn south when I go through some of my topics for today. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. All <laughs> oh, right. I, he says looking at me very sternly. Well, on. on to our Disney view, and I'm going to kick it over to John. Well, you're not going to be mad about this. Uh, one of the best, I would say, Christmas traditions, especially in Epcot, is really the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays Candlelight Processional. And I know, I think both of you have seen it. I have not. Oh, I have. Oh, yeah. my. And, and and I always like to look to see every year who's speaking now. That has already begun. The first show was November the 25th, and it actually runs all the way through to December the 30th. Some names that stuck out to me, Josh Gad, I mean, everybody's favorite snowman, uh, Gloria Estefan. Do we have any 80s uh, <laughs> well, Cuban influence music uh, friends and fans out here? And even, you know, Johnny, our big baseball fan, Cal Ripken Jr. is going to yes. show up this year. I, that one surprised me. Have, you know, do they usually have a big-name sports personality? Not typically, but I welcome it, of course. And then a couple other names that stuck out to me, Marie Osmond and Angela Bassett. So, uh, John, do you remember who spoke when you watched it? Yes, it was David Ogden Steers, Peoria, oh. Illinois' own David Ogden Steers. Steers. You corrected me last year on this, too. Have we already done this? And I should not have had to do it twice. (laughs) (laughs) This will be our last episode of the Hyperion Hub, and we thank you for your years of dedication. He was phenomenal. I mean, you know, you could could just hear his in his voice how passionate he was. Did he do the Boston accent or the Midwest accent? More of a David Ogden whatever accent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was great. And, of course, we interviewed the uh, arranger and composer for Candlelight Processional, Derek Johnson. Disneyland's Candlelight Processional will be held on December 3rd and 4th uh, for invited guests, Club 33 members, and other VIP guests. That's what that invitation was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't throw away your mail. Um, 5.30 p.m. and 7.45. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention the pretty regular host of Neil Patrick Harris down at Epcot. I don't know if he will do California as well or has done California in the past, but 
that's always a two or three day uh, stint that he will do, and it's very well attended and very popular when he does it. Recent narrators in Disneyland have been Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt. So if you're in a Marvel movie, and named Chris, <laughs> uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, Dick Van Dyke, yep. John Wayne, Cary Grant. Well, yeah. that's going back a ways. James Earl Jones so oh. it started in 1958 at Very Disneyland. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, it's a mystery. They do. It's a surprise. Yeah, every year. This time of year, we have wish lists, and we thought we'd look at the Hyperion Hub's Disney wish list. What are some things we'd like to see happen? Let's throw it over to Sean as we go around the table. I think you would all concur, um, and I'm going to call it historical acknowledgments. Okay, elaborate, please. In the parks, in Disney Plus, in you know every aspect of the company, just a little more acknowledgement of the company's history. Oh, sure. And I don't know necessarily what that looks like, whether it's maybe short films like the Walt Disney biopic that was at uh, Walt Disney World. Um, Acknowledgement of maybe some old characters. I would love to see them. They're starting to with some of the Mickey shorts on Disney Plus now, but, you know, your Ludwig von Drake's, Clarabelle, Horace, some of those vintage early characters that sort of fell by the wayside past, you know, the 1940s. And I don't know what that all looks like, if it's just more mentions, if it's maybe a place in the park where there's more history you know, that you can read about or some interactive things, just a little more historical acknowledgement of the company and its history, especially coming up on you know, the 100th anniversary. Exactly. And, and you're right. Okay, maybe it won't be the highest attended portion of a park, but those of us that consider ourselves the historians or the purists, I know I'd go out of my way mm-hmm. to, to go study or look and see... Bringing something out of an archive once in a while wouldn't hurt. I Vintage agree. ride vehicles, maybe, yep. things like that. Yeah, that would be outstanding. Uh, the, the new Mickey Mouse documentary that's on Disney+, Plus. I'd love to see something similar released mm-hmm. uh, throughout the entire year of the 100-year anniversary. Uh, maybe an hour-long documentary on each decade or something like that. Um, yeah, I think that would be great. I love bringing old attractions out of the mothballs or at least some of the, you know, they, they do that at, at the D23 Expo, yeah. but I'd like to see more of that. Um, we do have a traveling ex- exhibit coming up soon, and we'll probably see some of that uh, for the D23 100-year uh, celebration. We? we being Disney, we being the fans, we get oh, to we see Oh, we are not affiliated. Uh, the Hyperion saying. Hub is not affiliated <laughs> with the Walt Those Disney are the opinions of John Alois only and do not represent the views of the Hyperion Hub podcast. <laughs> So I think that's great. Way to kick us off, Sean. Well, I'll build off of the parks idea. We hear about this every two or three years, and especially with the popularity of Encanto and somehow uh, its popularity is nothing short of an explosion. I I think it's time for a new country in Epcot. Now, you always hear Brazil, and now you're hearing Colombia for the reasons I just stated. Heck, we have a pope from South America now, right? So is that the place, or do we have a second African country? Egypt, I don't know, but you always hear things like Australia or Venezuela, and and I think it's time. Yes, we have the African outpost that's kind of there, and and you can study plans of maybe some other options or original plans, but uh, I'm going to ask, I think maybe we've discussed it before, if you had your druthers, what country would you add to Epcot? Ooh, um... Luxembourg. <laughs> Enough. Agreed. Case closed. I, I do think the outpost can be removed. I mean, we have a whole land over in Animal Kingdom dedicated to the continent. Um, I and that means know. the kids would stop banging on those drums incessantly. <laughs> but that was my own editorial. Sorry. Probably Spain. 
I think uh, that would be a, a beautiful addition to World Showcase. So you're going to go with Luxembourg. <laughs> I said Luxembourg. All right. That's fine. Fair enough. Change my mind. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> Walt would disagree, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Some of these you've heard me preach on this show many times. So what? You, yeah. Bring back Magical Express. It was a wonderful service. Uh, taking guests directly from Orlando International to Walt Disney World property. It was free. It doesn't have to be, but with the cost of the rest of the vacation, it would be a nice touch. It went away at the start of this year. I wish they would bring it back. Tying into that, I'm going to talk about the magic bubble. When we go to Walt Disney World, of course, we stay on site because I think that's just you know, the value of being inside that magic bubble that we love to talk about um, is well worth it. Um, I think in past years that may have, you know, gone away and, you know, maybe more inclined, people are more inclined to maybe stay offsite for a cheaper, um, you know, hotel stay so they can put more money into, you know, their stay at the parks. Um, but just being in that bubble is something special. Uh, you know, like when you get on the Magical Express, I'm done worrying about anything until I get back on the Magical Express. Yeah. Building off of that. See, oh. this is good. It's as if we planned this. <laughs> yes. I like it. <laughs> Stress. Worry. I'm going to harp on my little beef. I would love to go back to a system where I would be able to plan out my day a little better before I arrived at the parks. <laughs> And yes, we've had our own episodes on Genie Plus. I'm not going to rehash all of it. My wish is that Fast Pass Plus is returned, even if I have to pay a fee. Us Type A personalities love the peace of mind mm -hmm. with a planned out day to know what park, to know what time I can get on these certain rides that my kids love without the fear or tension of staying up every night and or getting up early in the morning to figure out what we're going to do and scramble. And when we say plan ahead, we're not talking three days ahead. Some of us type A's are, you yeah. know, talking months ahead. When you have fast passes and you could do dining reservations yep. months in advance, we had our spreadsheet out and ready. We knew exactly we could get pumped. We Outfits were planned. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and it was a relaxing, I know that sounds odd, but to do all that in advance, it, it felt more like a vacation. And it builds more excitement for the vacation. But I agree with you. Um, I think uh, Disneyland's Fast Pass system, the one that you paid for, was far superior to Genie Plus. So I wouldn't mind, yes, if, if they're going to charge a fee, uh, it just needs to be a lot more simple. And uh, we need to spend less time looking at screens in our hands. Right. And and there are values. And, and I think you touched on this in a prior episode about how many rides you could actually accomplish on a given yes. day using Genie Plus. That is true. But if we could still have a system where we had two or three in the bank before mm -hmm. we got there and almost made a hybrid of it, where once we were done with those, then we could utilize a similar service. So our last trip, we waited in line for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure because that was the new ride. And we had already utilized Genie Plus and the Lightning Lane to get access to other rides. You remember we had a lot of people there that hadn't been before, so we had to pick and choose. But man, it would have been nice to know that that was definitely going to be no matter what, no matter, you know, avoiding a hundred... What was it, 120 or 150 minute wait with a bunch of little kids and, you know, the sun just beating down on you at certain points in that line. Again, peace of mind, first world problems. I don't dispute that, but it would make the trip that much more relaxing. You know, the, the parks are packed, right? I wish Disney would promote 
all Walt Disney World has to offer more. Mm. Get people exploring the rest of the resort. Take advantage of the space. Run more ads based on the resort and spread the crowds. Right now, it feels like it's a secret that you can go horseback riding, rent boats, rent bikes, fish. What? Go to the boardwalk. All the things I always talk about. Stop concentrating solely on the parks. Display what sets you apart from Universal. Uh, they used to do this all the time back in the 90s and early 2000s with their promotional videos that you would send away for every year. And somewhere along the way, they shifted their focus to competing with the U-Parks directly and forgot how to showcase more than their theme parks. Building off that, I wish for a fifth gate. Yeah. Don't know what that would look like if that's a total Marvel world, which I think might be the best option at this point, or the villain's land that has been long talked about right, would right. be fun. Where would that go? Well, there's plenty of space. I don't know. I mean, I, I need to look at a, at a map. They don't have the rights to the Marvel characters right. yet. Um, hopefully that changes at some point. But um, I think it'd be wonderful. Yeah, spread those crowds. Well, then we need to house them. And I will say we need a resort. Not one tied to IP. You know, the intellectual property is pretty much... I don't I need to sound like John Alois here, but <laughs> ram down our throats at times in, in the various uh, hotels and resorts. Now, the historian and me would love to see a trip back to see if the Persian, Venetian, or Asian resort was a possibility, mm. um, whether it be around Bay Lake or the Seven Seas Lagoon. You'll remember those three were canceled due to the 1973 oil crisis, and obviously the Persian resort was shelved after the Shah of Iran was deposed because he had promised to help pay for it. Mm. Uh, so that became a, a, a tough sell. Now, we are getting a new DVC tower at the Polynesian. We do have Boulder Ridge, and we have Bay Lake with without as much... IP, and we'll see what that new tower in, actually does. But I, I don't know. I, I think, especially if you're going to have a fifth gate, um, I just think we could go back to selling us on how beautiful the resorts can be without Riviera, I think, does a nice job of that. Um, uh, yeah, the, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think we get away from that too much, and I think it's only a matter of time before you see IP uh, superimposed onto the Riviera. Building off that, allow the Imagineers free reign to create a completely original attraction from the ground up, nothing related to any pre-existing media or material. The safe bet would be a thrill ride, like a roller coaster, like Expedition Everest or Matterhorn. Uh, they'd be taking a risk in their minds without connecting it to a movie or character, but if it were a great, thrilling attraction, it's probably not much of a risk at all. I wish they would hold a contest with the Imagineers to allow teams to compete for the next non-IP wonderful attraction. And building off that, <laughs> this is great. Are you going to put like a, a, a chime in between each yeah, of these? Or what? Yeah. Turn the page. Yeah. <laughs> Something in the Midwest. Mm. Not a huge Walt Disney World-sized park or a Disneyland-sized park. But take something in Chicago, Walt's hometown, or even Marceline, Missouri, and build a day experience. You, maybe you've got attractions like he originally planned for the Mickey Mouse Park when he was talking about it being across the street from the studios. You know, kind of a vintage 1930s look. Or something, or there's maybe a museum where there's, you know, historical pieces that are on a rotation. Or just something that is not going to a different museum. 
you know, like Museum of Science and Industry where the um, displays and exhibits that they have frequently come through, but something more permanent and just acknowledging the historical nature of those areas. Much like the Walt Disney Hometown Museum that's in Marceline, they have, I think, a partnership with Disney, but it's not run by Disney. Um, but just something that would give people, you know, a day experience to go and just have some fun. Maybe like a Six Flags type thing where there are a few attractions, but more for us historical nerds. So is it open seven months a year or you is have it to indoors? Figure that out. Okay. Yeah. Figure great. that out. Yeah. Very cool. You can do that. Or you could do the <laughs> indoor <laughs> indoor structure that Walt considered for St. Louis yes. how many right. decades ago. Right. Yeah. I wish there were more classic Disney shows on Disney+. Plus. Release the entire world of color in Disneyland shows. If they're problematic at all, have a disclaimer at the top. Release all the Mickey Mouse clubs from all the eras. Early Disney Channel shows. Uh, there's so much content available. They own the entire 20th Century Fox library. Release it all. I wish they would just add it to the service. Release it all at once. You wouldn't do a piecemeal to well, get people I'd excited? Well, I'd release it a lot faster than they're releasing it. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe you have, you know, it's 80s month, and we're going to release yeah, things from the 80s. And you don't have to keep it out there. I mean, you could actually, you know, tease that and, and I see I would want it out there. There's too much to watch, you know? I mean, there just is so much to watch. <laughs> I am so glad you said that <laughs> because ahead. my wish is they would put a pause on Star Wars and Marvel projects. <laughs> it is nigh on impossible for anyone, <laughs> anyone who has no knowledge, admittedly, myself included, to start. Where do you start? You can get articles and you can get advice, but all you do is hear, here's a whole new series with 12 new episodes. And I'm going, well, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. It's overwhelming. So while you want more, I want less. I, it, I think Star Wars is a lot <clears throat> quicker to catch up. Uh, than, than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm not but. saying I'm opposed to it, but it just seems like I was supposed to watch all the seasons of The Mandalorian, and now we got more stuff going out here. Yeah. And, and I'm going, all right, I, I give up. Yeah. And that's it's not a fair thing to say. I've made promises to certain guests of the show that I will watch things. It's overwhelming. You definitely don't need to watch Andor or Boba Fett if you're going to watch Mandalorian. They don't. They don't coexist. They don't really don't coexist. But all I'll do is start one, and there'll be seven more that come out yeah. by the do time I get uh, done with it. Take your blood pressure meds today. <laughs> yes, and okay. I need to take another one, Sean. But I, it had to be said. <clears throat> That's good. I agree. Okay, no, here we go. Don't agree. Don't don't, don't, pan, don't agree. pander. Give us more. Don't. Give us more Marvel and Star Wars, please. <laughs> I'm putting coal in your stocking. John was trying to get you on coffee with Kenobi, but after that little fit, you may not. <laughs> You'll be on there someday. Maybe my invitation is with your D, <laughs> right, your uh, Club, Club 33, 33 invitation, yeah. Hey, cast member for a day. For Ooh. the guests? or Yes. Okay. So instead Ooh. of, like, it's like a backstage tour plus. So mm. maybe you are working with a cast member in retail. Maybe you are working with people that feed the animals at Animal Kingdom and you just you pay for the experience to follow them and shadow them for the day. Customer relations. That's where I see yeah. Sean. I mean, maybe a better appreciation of what they go through. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I mean, I don't think they would ramp it up to the point where you could roam around in the park you know, as a character. No, but... I mean, you'd be shadowing somebody. Maybe you're with the handlers. You know, yeah. And you're right. going through the process of what a day looks like for those cast members. Out of everything we're talking about, I think that one is the easiest probably to pull off. And I'm sure there's a market for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'd be, you know, the lawyer in me says, all right, number one, the things you would have to sign uh, or agree sure. to. And number two, the things you would be prohibited from doing 
um, because now you've triggered so much of the how many keys we on now five keys mm-hmm. of what they expect in your behavior and the, and the encompassing the expectations of a cast member and and I suppose I you could put a price on that but I'm guessing there would be some sort of uh, orientation that would have to go with it but well it'd be this well could worth even it. begin you know two months before your trip right. maybe they assign you a department and they send you, you know, this is what our typical day looks like. And this is what you'll need to do. Watch this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you get an oh, access a to training. a training video yeah. that cast members have or things oh, like that. Oh, I love that. this. I love this idea. Good idea, Sean. <laughs> I'll just sit over here with my terrible idea. No, your ideas are great, except for, <laughs> except for one. Yes, I can guess which one. Uh, do something more with the wide world of sports. There are 230 acres there, mostly used for cheer and dance competitions and college and high school basketball. There's a beautiful baseball field there. They actually have the ability to host 60 sports there. I wish there was more of a reason to go there if you're not in town for an event. Hands-on experiences like... The NBA experience was, but don't make it astronomically expensive. Uh, simulators would work, host traveling exhibits like mini halls of fame. Um, you could have speakers there, have broadcasting experiences for kids where they can call games. Maybe this isn't something enough people would be interested in, but I would. I think there's probably a market there. There somewhere. is there is a market there, and that's actually where your packet pickup and all the expos are for the Run Disney events in the in the field house. Now, I believe it was the Atlanta Braves that spring trained there yes, and then left, yeah. right? And, and you're right. I, I think it is underutilized, but that being said, as a parent of uh, – many children who have done travel sports you know that it, it's it's something that would be fun I, I would say that that um yeah we could build a market there for those parents who are already dvc members and if their kids on a travel team not just those tournaments but you're right what else can we do and promote the other side of sports i love the idea of a broadcast simulator or experience but you know it's weird they just treat the espn ip differently you know they had that uh, sports bar over at uh, mm-hmm. the boardwalk that went away, and and I don't know. They just they they're always sampling, and you hear rumors about a sports book and things like that coming to property. But I, I agree, I absolutely agree on that one, Sean. <laughs> Wide world of what? <laughs> all right, well, nothing for John about disagreeing on that one, though. I see. Okay. That's all right. That's yeah. all right. But that's what's so beautiful about Walt Disney World and Disney in general. There, there's enough for everybody. There's a there's an interest for everyone. I think there. So I love the Disney Institute and all the courses they offer. They're pretty high end. I mean, you're talking, you know, big businesses are going to profit mm-hmm. most and can afford that. Almost wish there was a secondary tier for we'll call it the everyday businessman or creatives on just not necessarily business practices and you know customer service, but creativity, um, just getting people together for inspiration. Well, yeah, I think any conference or collaborative effort, you're right, to get get the creation or the creative juices flowing in, in, in a intimate setting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've, I've always looked at those courses and I go, all right, it's very business-oriented. Yeah, it is. I, I love and the I idea would benefit from those but I mean, they're pretty pricey for the right. you know two or three days, and just something you know maybe it's for music or mm-hmm. for theater or things like that. They're a little more you know subject oriented, intensives. You could almost do the psychological aspect and have a drawing class. You know, you could go and just 
relax. Mm -hmm. You know, you painting, crafting. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. Why not? More on the leisurely side. But Did you just I love call me a moron. No, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, <laughs> more on the leisure, leisurely side. You know, they used to have a resort, the Disney Institute. It was created by Michael Eisner in the 1980s. Now it's Saratoga Springs, but you could stay on property be, yeah. and and go to classes. <laughs> I love this idea. My daughter did a cake class, uh, cake decorating class a few years ago at Disney Springs. Yeah, more offers like that would be pretty awesome. And I think you see bits of it. I mean, if you go to the resorts, there may be, you know, what I was thinking about, and, and Vero and Hilton had do this too. I mean, crafts, you can make Disney pillows, and you can do tie-dyed shirts, and you can make shells. But I love the, and I'm not trying to be cute with this, but I love the focus on the adult, on the um, you know, grown up who maybe wants to be challenged in a business sense or in an art sense. So, I, say uh, for instance, you know, they host a community theater weekend. Fine. So, your yes. directors for community theater come out and they exchange ideas and they talk yeah. about new offerings coming out of Disney theatrical and exchange ideas for tech and maybe introduce new, you know, technologies that are you know, going to soon be available, things like that. Well, that could also be a recruiting tool for a Disney, too. If yeah. they see someone they absolutely love, why couldn't you make that a pipeline mm -hmm. for creative minds to join the company? Yeah. Should we make this a secret episode so that all of our ideas don't get stolen away? <laughs> well, we need to make sure that we file a lot of paperwork after this. But no, I, you know, it really is the idea of keeping the fan you know, excited to come back. All of these mm -hmm. ideas, yes. right? I mean, whether whatever park it is, whatever type of experience, I, I really think there's a goal that we're all sharing, and that's to keep all of our kids and, you know, someday grandkids excited to keep going back. My last one, upgrade Disneyland's Tomorrowland. They have an unused people mover track that's been there for decades now. The Interventions building is being used as a Star Wars character meet and greet. And this park has Galaxy's Edge in it. Um, I wish they would once again allow the Imagineers to work their magic, knock it all down if you have to, and rebuild it. But Tomorrowland and Disneyland needs to be fixed. So what are your wishes for the Walt Disney Company? Share it with us at our email address. John, what is that email address? Podcast at thehyperionhub.com. These are great ideas uh, that John and Sean have shared. Which Hopefully John? you enjoyed mine as well. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> Once again, follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Wherever you're listening to us, please rate and review so more people find the show. Until next week, have a great week, everybody. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub.